Welcome to Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm, where we trade in personal finance advice for entertaining conversations about money and would like to publicly thank Mr. Will Harris, Beats by Beeman himself, for getting engaged. Sir, it's all uphill from here. Or is it downhill? Because if it's downhill, that means it's not going well because it's tumbling down. But if it's uphill, that means it's kind of like hard or something like that. Like, Come on, which man. Is- we got a show to do. Welcome to Manager Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Malcolm, what is going on with you? Not not too much, man. It's, it's one of those days where I'm nervous about the weather again. Okay, like, how you so? Know, the sun is shining. I, I walked to the bank today to deposit two checks that I could have easily done for my cell phone just because I wanted to be outside in the Indeed. sunshine with... All the people that look like they didn't have anything better to do. <laughs> Cash and checks, are you, huh? Uh, yeah, $7 here. It, it all adds up. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, this, of course, is the place where we trade in personal finance advice for entertaining conversations about money. Um, and today's, this episode's conversation at hand is actually a very interesting one. Uh, and one that it's good to go over at this time of year, Malcolm. We're still towards the end of the, uh, beginning of the year. Excuse me. Uh, preparing for success and progress in your workplace. A conversation with Deborah T. Owens. Of course, she is the founder of uh, the Corporate Alley Cat, a friend of the show. We're going to talk to uh, Deborah a little bit about what people need to be doing at work, Malcolm, and what they need to be doing to prepare to be successful for the next year. Uh, what are some things you always try to do in terms of that? As far as work is concerned? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I personally am a, a big fan of like personal development and professional development being equally important. Okay. So the same way maybe you do things to like heighten your spirituality or, you know, get closer with your significant other or whatever. Right. You should be putting that kind of time into uh, to, to things that help further your career. Absolutely. Just the same. So as you know, I'm currently working on uh, my CFP, uh-huh. Certified Financial Planner. You uh, are, sir. So back in school. Not super excited about it, but it'll be worth it once. <laughs> Doing homework and stuff. So there's an example. That was one of my 2018 goals okay. to uh, to get that knocked out. So, yeah, I think it's important just to make sure that you, you do as much on the personal side as you do on the professional side. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Uh, but, of course, as we do on every show, it is now time for headlines. Uh, this week's headlines, can social media persuade you to spend more, Malcolm? A February 2018 article by Jeremy Diamond on Entrepreneur.com explores recent research into how our interactions with social media affects our mood and, more specifically, how likely it is to affect our spending. Uh, Keith Wilcox of Columbia University and Andrew T. Stephen of the University of Pittsburgh sought to find out if there was any negative effects of social media amid reports that social media made users feel more connected and also helped to improve their self-esteem, boosting their overall happiness. Um, The study involving around 1,000 Facebook users in the U.S. found that those who spent relatively more time on Facebook and had a strong social network were more likely to have lower credit and more credit card debt compared to those who used it less and had comparatively weaker networks. So, like, the more popular you are on social media, Malcolm, the more likely it is that you had a lower credit score 
and weren't paying off your credit card bills, which is pretty hilarious. Which is what I expect, though. Really? So, like, that Columbia study you mentioned first, mm-hmm. I want to know who are these people that are lying saying they feel better once they use social media. <laughs> like, okay. Nobody ever feels better after they log into Facebook and <laughs> see that their best friend just got engaged uh-huh. or just bought a new, you know, Porsche or right. whatever. Then you're like, oh, man, all right, well, back to work. Like, so <laughs> whoever is in that study, they need to file them in the category of, untrustworthy Americans. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. Um, The heavy users were also found to have less persistence for tasks following their social media time, which is a hilarious uh, little tip. See that, I believe. Yeah, certainly. Um, And then there was an experiment where after using Facebook briefly, users were taken directly to an eBay-type auction and told to bid on an iPad. Those with stronger networks on social media ended up bidding 30% more than they have to sp- had to spend on the same device if they had just walked into the store. So apparently, I think what it's saying is they spent more than what they would have had to spend if they just walked into the store. Because they were connected to their device. Absolutely. So they just kept bidding because, like, that's what you do. They wanted to win the, win the uh, particular thing. There's actually a profession out there that I recently learned about uh-huh. that's called retail arbitrage. And basically what it is, it's people who walk into physical stores... Mm-hmm buy items and then resell them on Amazon for a profit. Okay. And these people have big Costco style warehouses that wow. are their own fulfillment centers okay. for their Amazon store because people are too lazy to walk into the store to find <laughs> the deals. So like there's a guy who runs one of these that's very successful. Like his wow. company makes millions upon millions of dollars a year. And all he does is walk into like a baby's R us, right? For example, find a bunch of baby wipes that are mispriced in comparison <laughs> to what he thinks he can sell them for on Amazon, uh-huh. buys all the baby wipes they have to sell that in the day, store, and then goes online and lists them for sale for a $20 markup here, a $50 markup there. And there's people who legitimately make like really good money doing this, which confirms the premise. Uh-huh. People are just too lazy to even like comparison shop from their <laughs> cell phone. Like, you know... That's a new level of lazy. That's Uh, a new level of a lot of things. Indeed, indeed. I mean, while Facebook does make you spend a lot of money, reports show that of all the social networks, the one that's the worst is Pinterest, believe it or not. That makes sense. It's likely to make you spend more, which is not a site that I use at all. But from what I understand, Pinterest is for showcasing your things to get people to buy them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, An analysis of close to 700 million online shopping transactions concluded that on average, a Pinterest user will spend around 70% more per order compared to a Facebook or Twitter user. Uh, Facebook users spent $95 per session. Pinterest users spent $170 per session, which, like, to your point, I guess is the point. Um, And Twitter users spent an average of $70 per session. Uh, Malcolm, have you ever felt the urge to buy something Never. after scrolling? No, no, Never. <laughs> I'm okay. on Twitter to comment on things that make absolutely no difference to anybody outside of the Twitter world. That is what you do. And to read articles that are posted by people who I follow them, like, from different news uh, right. media outlets. Right. That's it. I'm there to get educated on the day's events and stories like this. And talk trash. And talk trash. <laughs> Just complete strangers who can't do anything about it. Right. That's it. Okay. So I don't understand who these people are that are motivated to spend hundreds of dollars each time they 
you know, log in, but maybe that's why I, I stopped using uh, right. social media as much. Right. So if one of our uh, listeners are listening to this and they're thinking like, I always spend $50 immediately after exiting off of Instagram or Facebook. We need to talk. <laughs> I need to know who these people are uh-huh. and do some uh, do some quick research Okay. so I can figure out how to get paid. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they're willing to pay their 50 bucks, there's something I can sell them. That's true. So let's talk. That's interesting. Interesting uh, story there. But uh, we want to remind you, you're listening and watching Manage Your Damn Money with Ben and Malcolm. Today's conversation at hand on this episode, preparing for success and progress in the workplace, a conversation with Deborah T. Owen. She's the founder of the Corporate Alley Cat. Um, We've had her on the show before. Uh, Before we go to a music break, we want to remind you, you can always listen to past episodes of the show. Simply download or look us up on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and be sure to always leave us a review on any of those platforms that helps us go up in the ratings. Um, if you have questions, uh, you can certainly send them to info at managerdamnmoney.com and we will get to it as quickly as possible. And of course, you can always follow us on social media. What's your social media handle, Malcolm? Uh, at Malcolm on Money. And of course, mine is at MYDM1. And you can always catch us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash managerdamnmoney. Uh, this is MYDM with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back. back to manager damn money with ben and malcolm uh malcolm today's conversation at hand on this episode uh preparing for success and progress in your workplace a conversation with deborah t owens uh we're at the beginning of the year where people have received or are receiving feedback and performance reviews at work understanding what to do and how to position yourself for success and for progress can be a tough and sometimes unforgiving task that's why in this episode we're covering the keys to making sure you're in the best position for a promotion raise or your next opportunity which all have to do with money cue the dj Khaled track <laughs> indeed um uh, by talking through some of the unspoken elements of succeeding in the corporate workplace especially because uh, that's usually the toughest place to navigate uh, corporations and places with like large infrastructure and structures and how you know people are organized uh so we thought we'd take a look at a story malcolm it's called 16 mistakes employees make when trying to get a promotion uh, a 2013 Forbes.com piece by Jacqueline Smith explores common mistakes employees make when pursuing a raise, promotion, or some other benefit at work. Uh, Malcolm, the first one on this list was asking for too much at once. Many employees ask for a promotion, raise, new privileges, and more all at once. This will likely frustrate your boss, 
Um, and then it's important to know your priorities and work down the list as concisely as possible, um, which makes sense. You can't go and ask your boss for like, hey, make me like the top of my department. Off, and everybody off likes to blame us for that. Like everybody likes to say that's a millennial <laughs> problem that most people come in. They expect to do their work, right. take some time to get to the top. And then folks 28 years old coming out of grad school expect to be the boss's boss the right. day they start the job. I don't know how true that is, <laughs> but I just think that's funny that that's one that everybody attributes to millennials. It's certainly a narrative for the millennial generation. Another one on the list, believing that promotions are based on merit alone. Uh, that's not the case in many companies where politics and other factors come into play. A person quoted uh, the president of Talent Zoo, uh, Amy Hoover, at least at the time, said, if you're career minded and want to climb the ladder, it's important that you analyze your corporate culture to determine what you need to focus on besides a job well done, which is a really big deal. Yeah. I used to think you could just go to work, do your work and leave. And then like things would work itself out on its own. Sure. And then I came into adulthood. Depending on like, what you do for a living. Yeah. Dep depending. But in most cases, especially in like a corporate office setting, mm -hmm. you have to do a little bit more than just like do your work. Netflix has a, a saying in their employee handbook that they give you when you start. Okay. That hard work is irrelevant. <laughs> they, I'm serious. They have a culture built around. We don't care if you work 16 hours, six hours, 60 minutes. It doesn't matter. Whoever's the best at what they do will stay here. Okay. Whoever's not getting it done will go. Right. Absolutely. And then once your job is obsolete, Dang. Even the lady who wrote the handbook doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> like, that's not a joke. That's a real thing. Like, okay. the lady who wrote that into the employee handbook, she's gone. She got let go. That's pretty hilarious. Um, another one on the list, Malcolm, neglecting your long-term goals. Employees get so wrapped up in the promotion that they stop thinking about the overall career path and goals, which is important. Yeah. Um, another one, this, this kind of goes without saying. It's like rules of the, of the playground. Trying too hard. If you're an office, quote-unquote, brown noser whose sole purpose appears to be sucking up to the boss... Know that managers don't typically like this behavior, and it can have a negative effect on upward mobility. Um, also, Malcolm, another one, thinking a promotion will, quote-unquote, fix everything. <laughs> uh, a person quoted in the story says, a promotion or raise never equated to instant happiness. Examine if it's really a short-term fix or a broken job. So that's something that people should think about. Um, and this is another big thing that's important for people that I didn't know instinctually when I came out of school, and it's taken some time for me to learn. When you don't make it a win-win situation. So you have to make it a win-win for you and your managers. Whatever the situation is, you have to make it seem like they're winning and you're winning and everybody's winning. The company's winning. It's not just about like, well, I went to school for this and right. therefore I should be given X, Y, and Z. That's not exactly how it works. Um, and then also, uh, wrong place, wrong time. A quote from the story, uh, make sure the venue is suitable for the discussion that you're trying to have, whether it's about a raise or something else, um, that you scheduled in advance with enough time allotted to actually discuss it. Um, avoid pre-lunch and end-of-the-day type conversations where you're trying to discuss something serious. That's probably one of the toughest ones. Okay. Because a lot of times folks who have been feeling like they are deserving of a promotion or a raise or a pat on the head or whatever it is, mm -hmm. it's been pent up for a long time. <laughs> And you've been walking around, carrying it around right. the office, telling all your friends at right. Sunday brunch, I'm going to walk in there on Monday and I'm going to tell everybody, you know, and then finally you get your opportunity, right? Uh -huh. I walk up to Ben in the coffee room and I say, you know what, Ben, I'm this time to give you a piece of my mind. <laughs> well, it's probably not the time, right? But Especially you can't not help then. it because you finally got that person right where you want them and it's built, it's been boiling, right. and, you know. And this is the moment. Nature. 
<laughs> human nature a, a couple other points from this story uh, asking for a promotion or raise simply based on the length of time that you've been employed uh, Mary Elizabeth Bradford a career coach and resume writing expert says this is a common mistake made by employees today uh, common misperception is in corporate America is that longevity equals a promotion if you just do your job for long enough they'll just say okay you've been here long enough you get to move on up uh, that's simply not the case in our modern work culture Hoover says just because you've had X months or years in your role doesn't mean you're automatically qualified entitled or otherwise to a promotion um and also a big one that i noted was not having a recent significant achievement or milestone that supports your request so whether mm -hmm. it's a promotion or something smaller you got to have something that says this is why this needs to happen from a company standpoint from a manager standpoint from an all way around standpoint that should probably be closer to the top right because the workplace is very much a what have you done for me lately kind of place Absolutely. Yeah, corporate america i don't know what it is you work in a non-profit or some government organization but in corporate america right what have you done for me lately certainly and even these things can apply to working in non-profits and other Maybe. places they always <laughs> seem a lot more relaxed than people you know that i'm used to working with so i don't know you know how you can be both uh -huh. maybe i'm missing out uh -huh. i don't know <laughs> but um i do know at least from the side i sit on right it, it is always you know that was months ago. What are you talking about? We, we already paid you for that. What have you done for me lately? Right, right, right. Um, so then it's interesting because we go to school and we're given grades without regard for how like nice we are as students. Mm -hmm. And typically um, we advance to the next grade as long as like we did enough work and got a decent grades. Uh, for friends of yours, has it taken a while for them to realize doing well at work is more than just like doing your work? Because that's what it was growing up. Like you just did your work, you went to school. But then you get to the workplace, and there's whole other elements that you have to take into account. Relationships. Like, when did you get I keep that? I'm telling you, that's the problem with the American education system. Okay. Anyway, sorry, that's not the question you're asking. But <laughs> it, that is the problem with the American education system. Mm -hmm. Just come in, do the task we assigned you for the day, right? And you will reap the rewards, right? And then to your point, just because you've been here for a long time doesn't mean that you now should be paid more, right? So those things are disconnected. So anyway, but yeah. to, to your point, though, yes, I, I mean, probably not so much now. We're a little bit old mm -hmm. to be making those kind of mistakes or yeah. still having those kind of issues. But I do know, you know, earlier on, folks are kind of like, you know, why am I not seeing the benefits faster? Right. Why am I not getting this promotion sooner? Up, oh, time to jump, get a new job. <laughs> That's usually the fix, right. right? Like I'll go get a new job. They'll pay me the $5,000 more right. since you guys don't want to pay it to me here. Right. Absolutely. And we'll get into more about how we can actually fix that. Uh, we're going to take a quick music break in a moment. Uh, but before we do, we want to remind you, you can always listen to past episodes of Manager Dan Money on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. I mean, of course, leave a review on those platforms. That helps us go up in the ratings. And you could also send, if you have them, questions for Malcolm for his Money Minute, which is coming up next. Uh, info at ManagerDamnMoney.com. Send a question to us, and Malcolm will answer it here on the show. Um, and, of course, you can always find us on social media. Malcolm, what's your handle? Uh, at Malcolm on Money. And, of course, mine is at MYDM1. Uh, when we come back, it's going to be Malcolm's Money Minute. We're going to take another quick music break. This is MYDM with Ben and Malcolm. We will be right back.
So because I know you've listened to all 40 of our previous podcast episodes, I know you already know all there is to know about your credit score and how that's calculated. But do you know where and how to request your report? And are you aware that you're entitled to one free copy of your report each year? You'll just need to go to annualcreditreport.com, enter a little information, and press their verification test to make sure it's really you. To date, they're still the only site trusted by the federal government to provide this free service. So don't let yourself be fooled by all of those other imposters who will show up when you do a quick Google search for free credit report. You can and should check your credit report from time to time to be sure that there are no errors. And if you do spot an error, there are steps you can take to correct it. According to a new creditcards.com report, 50% of Americans have not checked their credit score since the Equifax data breach occurred in 2017. In addition, 18% of U.S. adults have never checked their credit report or score. Of course, checking your credit report regularly is a good idea even without a major breach. Knowing where you stand gives you an idea as to whether you'll qualify for loans and if there are areas you should be working on. I've heard someone say that not checking your credit score is like having a full closet full of valuables that you never take the time to inventory or make sure they're still there. Now, I'm not saying you have to take stock of all your gold coins every single morning like my childhood idol Scrooge McDuck, but I would say that taking advantage of the opportunity to look for free each year is the very least you could do. So at least do the least. I'm Malcolm Etheridge, licensed financial advisor, and this has been your Money Minute. And you are back here with Manager Damn Money. Of course, if you have a question for Malcolm, send it to us, info at managerdamnmoney.com. But without further ado, we would like to welcome to the stage Miss Deborah T. Owens. Uh, we are talking to you once again. We've had you on the show once before. Absolutely. And uh, we're happy to have you back. Everyone loves the idea of a new job or promotion or bonus or raise, which we've talked about. But understanding what it takes to make that happen, especially in a corporate setting, can be daunting series of unknowns. Mm -hmm. uh, but never fear, as I said, we have you on the show to kind of help us through that. So first of all, before we get into how people are supposed to navigate kind of corporate culture, what do you do and what's your work about? Just give us a real quick refresher. So my organization is called the Corporate Alley Cat. And our tagline is because sometimes you got to get scrappy. Absolutely. And what we do in a nutshell is we help professionals of color advance their careers. And we do that by providing resources, access to experts, training, and support to help you navigate the turbulent waters of corporate America. But more importantly, we bring together a community of like-minded people who, who share challenges and opportunities. And we talk about not just how to navigate, but what are the solutions? Right. You know, how do you take action? Absolutely. How do you take advantage of all of the options that you have at your disposal? Okay, excellent. So we're talking about uh, success in the workplace. Mm -hmm. It's the beginning of the year, it's, it's, it's March-ish. Um, so what's the baseline set of tools that people need to have in front of them already at this time of the year? Uh, you know, for professional purposes? Um, I think at the beginning of the year, the biggest tool you can have is mindset. Okay. What, what does that mean? Clarity. Before you set your goal, what is it that you want to accomplish in 2018? And how does that fit into your larger goal? Absolutely. What are you willing to do 
to accomplish that goal. Because sometimes people just need to be honest. If you're not willing to do the work, then don't put it down as your goal, (laughs) right? Be honest about where you are. And I think the other thing is be honest about what your current situation is, right? Um, don't go around telling people everything is great when it's not. Right. Don't approach your boss as if you're a high performer when you're not. Right. Hmm. right? So um, I would say make sure you always have an updated resume. Okay. Um, make sure you have clean social media if you're going to be <laughs> job searching. Right. Companies look at that. Um, make sure your LinkedIn profile is updated and that you are using LinkedIn. Okay. Um, this is really important. Give you an example. I was I did a presentation and somebody said, "Oh, my LinkedIn isn't finished." I said, "Well, when I go to your profile, how do I know that your LinkedIn profile isn't finished? I just think that's the best you have to offer." Oh, so what unless you mean that it's not finished, <laughs> that means that you go in and you don't have a photo. Okay. Okay. That means that in you have your job, there's no year, there's no date, there's no description of what you do. It looks like you just slapped it together in five minutes. Now, somebody may be in the process of building it, but there's no sign up there that says under construction. (laughs) So when recruiters are looking at that, Uh, or even when I look at that, when I talk to other people, you're telling me a story about you. And that story is either you're not up on technology, (laughs) either you just don't give a hoot, or you are kind of sloppy. That was going to be my next question. You're kind of sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. Now you better stop that, sir. Well, LinkedIn takes like two hours. (laughs) These are people that are, believe it or not, these are people that are all ages and all professions. And part of it is technology has changed so much. Learn how to use that technology to help you achieve your goals. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about your if you're a person and you're hearing this conversation or you're sitting at your desk and you're thinking, I need to make some moves this year. Mm-hmm. What are like some real quick initial thoughts or you said you have to figure out what you want to do? How does someone distill that to what that means and what that is for them? So I'm going to share a quick story with you. Okay. I was at a conference and there was someone from a C-suite doing a presentation. They go to Q&A and so someone gets up and they say, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for somebody who's gonna help me get to the top. You know, (laughs) I wanna get to the top. Um, I want somebody to help me figure out who do I need to talk to and what do I need to do. So this goes back to my clarity thing. Because what happened is everybody in the audience is, is looking and going, one, that person doesn't know what they want to do. The top, I can't even help you because I don't know what the top is. Is the top you want to be the CEO? Is the top you want to be a director? Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to be a best in class? Clearly, it looks like this person didn't do much research. Clearly, their level of awareness, because this is not the conversation you want to have with a C-suite executive. But more importantly, no one can help you. So as a result, I think the executive said, hey, is there anybody who would want to mentor this person? Well, nobody raised their hand because they don't know what to do with this person. And the other thing that people won't tell you, and I'm really big on at the corporate alley cat, we tell you what other people won't tell you. Mm -hmm. You look like you're going to be a lot of work and nobody has time for that. Nobody wants another project. So it sounds like you guys, in addition to getting people prepared, you're sort of an accountability partner. We are. We are accountability partner, and I am very passionate about this. And listen, professionals of color don't get a lot of second chances. Sure. 
You got to try to get it right the first time. So when you talk about, I need to do some things, be clear about what it is you want to do. Prepare. When you go to talk with someone, uh, you want 15 minutes of their time, don't spend that time talking or asking questions that you can Google on your own <laughs> because you won't get another meeting. Understand what you have to contribute. What value do you bring? And really spend some time thinking about that. Don't just do it overnight um, really quickly before you walk in, but really think about what is it that I bring of value? And then be able to have some talking points around what you do, because that person, she's probably phenomenal, but she didn't have any talking points. I don't know what her skills are. I don't know what her background is. There was nothing there that would help me go, this is definitely somebody I want to help. Right, for sure, for sure. Um, so I want to kind of pivot a little bit because you talked about, you know, being prepared, being able to walk into a place with a, a manager and have some valuable points to hit. Mm -hmm. um, what, real quickly, talk about when you know those are things that you have to do, what's the importance of documentation of those kinds of conversations? Like, that's something that, I don't know really gets discussed in terms of making sure like on such and such date you said that I did a great job so you need to be able to bring that back around six months later like talk about right. how that works so I think documentation is incredibly important and and I want to say I think good documentation yeah. is important so let's just start what's the difference between good documentation and bad documentation right. good documentation helps you to achieve those outcomes. Mm -hmm. Bad documentation is when people say, well, I took a couple notes, right. I didn't share it with anybody. Well, I kind of took some notes. Right. That's not really documenting. Okay. That's just you scribbling. And then oftentimes people can't access that information. Sure. So good documentation is something that has important points and you're able to access it when you need it. Okay. So you want to document, a lot of times people think of documentation when things are bad, right? right. But most people need to document when things are going well. Did one of your stakeholders send you a note and say, wow, Ben, you did a fabulous job. We love having you on the team. Um, did a client say you were one of the best people we've ever worked for? When you and your manager sit down and you're talking about your, your goals and objectives for the year, this is a conversation I have a lot with people when it's too late. What did you discuss? So you want to talk about what is your next move? Make sure you're clear. So if your next move is to go to manager, what type of experiences, experiences do you need this year? What type of projects do you need to work on? Who needs to have line of sight to what you're doing? Let's talk timelines, right? What does success look like? Understand how you're evaluated. So all of this should be documented okay. and what you want to do is you want to keep your manager up to date and I always had when I call it my kudos file so <laughs> anytime something great happened I just stuck it in the file and and do people need to see this particular piece of documentation or is it like high level like is it something no, you, you just need keep... to see it you need to see it and you need to make but sure not just me the, you mean the you manager need to share it. yeah like, you and your manager should, should be sitting down and discussing this document okay. lots of organizations have a very formal process but if you're in a startup or you're in a company that's moving away from that you still want something that documents here's what Ben wants to do this year here's goals here here's how he's going to get there and you need to understand that you have a clear understanding of how you're going to be evaluated because I have too many conversations with people at the end of the year and they're upset they're upset because they said, well, I did a really good job and I didn't get recognized. I said, well, how do you know you did a good job? Right. Where's, where's the evidence? And, and to that point, uh, 
the interesting question that I have written here, uh, oftentimes we take a favorable view of our work, like which mm-hmm. is what you're kind of hitting on. Sure. Uh, what's the importance of seeing yourself through another person's eyes or through your manager's eyes or through the CEO, CEO's eyes? Like talk about the importance of being able to step outside of what you think in that, se- in that situation. Yeah. Well, I think the, the thing that's important is everybody has a brand and that's a ro- word that's thrown around a lot, uh, but basically it's your reputation. So even for people who say, well, I don't want to get into all of that. Well, you have a brand and your brand is probably you're not very engaged. You know, if you're one of those people who says, well, I don't want to get into all of that. I just like to fly below the radar. Well, then you probably have a brand where people go, uh, Ben's not really engaged. So you do have a brand. You can choose to take control of that narrative or you can let other people do it. So one, make sure that you understand how people view you. What do other people see as your strengths? Um, What do other people see as areas that you could make a little stronger? Um, Get feedback, you know, understand how you can be better, understand how you can um, collaborate better with other people. Um, Lots of times people don't like to ask for feedback. And I always say, if people aren't giving you feedback, they don't care. (laughs) Well, hang on a second. So if you are stuck in that rut that you just mentioned, Mm-hmm. Is it at all possible to get out of that rut in the same place where you are? Or is it a thing where you just have to hit the reset button, sharpen up that resume, go somewhere else and start over from scratch? My answer would be that depends. But I would say if it's a place that you like and you want to stay there, mm-hmm. then it starts with an honest conversation. You know, you can sit down if you were my manager and I'd say, you know, Malcolm, over the last two years, they've been a little tough. Sure. Um, I don't think that I perform the way I know I can. It's a new year. I'd like to really partner with you and work on these things. Can you help me identify other things that I need to work on? Because what I want to do is I want people to be able to see that. X, Y, and Z are my strengths and that I can be a team player. I can collaborate. And so that's, again, one of those kind of honest, you gotta be honest conversations about it. you're talking about. Right? Because your manager knows that you're not performing well. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's if not anybody a knows, they know. Yeah, right? and, and probably other people know it. But listen, sometimes jobs aren't a good fit. Right. Sometimes there are a lot of changes that go on in the organization. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, hey, I understand this is where I am, but I know I can do so much better. And I think people will respect that and they'll say, wow, Malcolm really has a level of awareness. Sure. What's the biggest mistake that people make over the course of the career? You you have seminars online and in person at the corporate Algat. What's the biggest mistake or misstep that you see people make throughout their career? Um, And this is one I made early in my career. I would say lack of building and maintaining and nurturing strategic relationships. Hmm. So networking, <laughs> I talk about all the time, uh, yeah. like just constantly mining that network. Yeah, and I like to, I, I'll be honest, I hate the word network mm-hmm. because people kind of think about the 80s, you're at some dark event, you're holding a glass of white wine, you're throwing out your business white cards Zippendale. around. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a horrible vision, sure, right? Man. So what I say to people is I'm like, stop networking and tap into your community. Because I believe very strongly as people of color, we are born into a community. Mm -hmm. Everybody you need, and people never believe me when I say this, everybody you need is already in your community. All you need to do is ask. And so the first thing is, you know, building and nurturing those strategic relationships. But the second big mistake is people don't ask for what they need. They don't allow others to help them. 
or they make it too difficult for people to help them. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, obviously, higher performance usually nets better results in terms of income. So we know mm -hmm. that. Like, if you're a high performer, you'll probably get promoted over time. Uh, but we've talked on the phone, you and I, yes. about well-paid people who still feel trapped by the job they have because they're overextended financially. Right. Um, talk about some of the experience or stories you've heard when it comes to I'm trapped in a job, I'm high paid, but I also have high expenses. Talk about like that right. a little bit. I mean, basically what we're talking about is people who are living paycheck to paycheck. And yes, you can make $200,000 a year and be living paycheck to paycheck. I don't know how that's possible. Isn't, that, isn't, isn't that correct, Malcolm? You're the finance. You would be surprised. And so what happens is you do, you, you feel like you have no options. Right. And early in my career, I had something that I called my FU fund. And that was money that I consistently put away. And I knew that at any moment, if I just couldn't take it anymore, I could quit. Right. Like if I woke up one day and said, I can't take it, right. then I knew I could quit. Now, knowing that I had that cushion allowed me to be more empowered. Sure. Right? Because I wasn't relying on you for my meal or to pay my mortgage. Right. I knew that I had something that will allow me to create options for myself. And I want to encourage everyone, whether it's the 401, to take advantage of all of those um, opportunities for saving money, matching funds. Those things will serve you well late in life. And I really want to say to millennials, start putting money away. Um, when I started the corporate alley cat, I sat down with my financial planners and I'm like, listen, retirement is really important to me. I want a really <laughs> comfortable retirement. Uh, so I'm not tapping into those funds. Let's figure out how much I have to work with here. Right. And I remember there was one account and we had, I, it was a lot of money in there. I mean, it wasn't a ton, but it was, it was almost $100,000, maybe a little over that. And they said, well, where did this money come from? And I'm like, you know what? This is something I started 20 something years ago a friend of a friend's worked at one of these financial firms mm -hmm. and he said well you should be putting away money well you know I was just starting out just making a little money and you know you get really tight like you finally have some money to spend you you want to spend it right. and so I remember I had a Toyota Corolla that was now paid off and so I no longer had that $166 a month paycheck so what I did is I said okay since I just paid it off, I can just take that money and put it away. And it automatically came out of my paycheck and went to the fun. And then 25 years later, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I had all of this story. money. But that happens, right? right? But it's, 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 and what that did was it created options for me. Now, you're not still driving that Corolla, are you? <laughs> well, let me tell you something. If that you was, are, that's a great Toyota commercial. Let me tell you, that Toyota was a great investment. Not only did I have it, then I gave it to my sister. Oh, so wow. I had it for about nine years, and then I still sold it for $900. <laughs> you got all it was worth out of that I, I got I got my money's worth out of my Toyota. It's probably still driving around someplace that's here. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, so... Uh, we talked about the kind of networking or making sure you're tapping into the people that you know or the people who are surrounding you in your mm -hmm. community. Um, what are some helpful steps that people can take outside of their immediate workplace? Build strategic relationships at work, but what about outside of work? Well, I would say, you know, one of the things that I love that you said, Malcolm, is that you believe in personal and professional development, mm -hmm. right? Anybody who wants to stay relevant in their industry, if you are not part of an association or some type of group that will help you keep your skills relevant, that's the first place you want to start. Um, whether you're in a financial organization, whether you're in a PR organization, you want to be part of one of those groups that will help you 
um, continue to build your skills and that will, will keep you abreast of what's going on in your industry. Friends, who are your friends? Hopefully you're hanging around with a group of people who are employed. But even if your <laughs> friends are unemployed, they do know people who are employed. Sure. So you wanna tap into those family members. You know, and I always say to people, start with people who care about you and who love you and who want to help you. Um, so just reaching out to those people who are right in front of you. I think if it's okay for me to say about how you and I met. Right. You and I met because someone that I went to Howard with, who's a friend who I hadn't talked to in probably 20 years, <laughs> I reached out to him. Uh -huh. And I hadn't talked to him 20 years. I reached out to him on Facebook and said, hey, you know, you're really good in this area. I'd love to talk with you. He's like, sure. So I talked with him. I said, listen, here are some things I'm looking for. He's like, I got somebody you need to meet. And that was you. So again, start with people who care about you because we all have connections within our community. That's how people get jobs. That is, a, you know what? I Say that one more time. That's how people get jobs. <laughs> I don't know what the percentage is, right? But I would I would venture to say something probably like 70 plus percent of everyone Absolutely. who gets a job in 2018. I would say it's higher. Get it through someone that they already know who works at the company who can vouch for them and not from some website where you put your resume out there against a thousand other people mm -hmm. and then hope for the best. And I always say to people, step away from the computer. What we do sometimes is we do a lot of busy work because it feels like, you know, I'm doing time. something, yeah. right? So if you're sitting there and you've spent the last two months filling out online applications and you're not getting a response, right. stop. And one of the hardest thing, and this is really hard with millennials, one of the hardest things for me to get younger people do to do is they say, okay, I'm gonna reach out to somebody, I'll send them a text or I'm gonna send them an email. I'm like, stop. Pick up the phone. <laughs> Call them. Well, what Use do I that do? old school technology, that baby. Old, let me tell you, I mind that old school technology like you wouldn't believe. Because people, you know, most people don't call right. folks. So many times people do pick up their phone. Absolutely. Like, who's right? calling? That's, who's calling? That's so hilarious. I say to people, pick up your phone. Right call people. The only reason you should be using that text or email is to set up a face-to-face -face mm -hmm. interaction. You cannot create After a relationship. Right. Yeah. So lots of people um, miss those opportunities because they're hiding mm -hmm. behind that technology and they don't want to get out of their comfort zone. See, but that's what I call networking. What? Like I, picking up the phone, calling people, Absolutely. just checking in, saying, Absolutely. here's what I've got going on. Any ideas or just wanted to check and see how you're doing. That's what I consider networking. So Absolutely. it's not necessarily the business card roundup. It's like connecting. It's just, you know, all your network is is a bunch of connections, Absolutely. right? It could be a Christmas card. It could sure. be, I have someone that I worked with 15 years ago, and I kid you not, um, I haven't worked with this person probably seven, six years. And he did this when we worked together. Every year he sends me a birthday text. Oh, that's nice. And I can't tell you how happy it makes me because I he I'm like how do you remember everybody's birthday he's, but that's, he's got that etched that, in his calendar that he's got it in his calendar <laughs> every year he sends me a nice note on my birthday so it can be as simple as that very good yeah. very good well uh, if people want to learn more about the corporate alley cat um, and what you have upcoming where can they find information about what you do they can go to corporatealleycat.com they can find us on Facebook corporatealleycat.com I want to invite everyone to join our private Facebook group it's called professionals of color join in with like-minded people we're on linkedin corporate alley cat and we're on twitter 
Corp Alley Cat. So we have a lot of great things coming up in 2008. So I want to invite everybody to be part of this community. Uh, we are here to support you, to help you achieve your career goals and advance your career in the way that you want to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Deborah, thank you once again for coming on Manager Damn Money. Thank with you for ben having and Malcolm. me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we want to remind folks that they can always listen to past episodes of Manager Damn Money on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. Of course, remember to leave us a review there. Uh, that helps us go up in the ratings. If you have questions for Malcolm or us to answer here on the show, just send it to us, info at managerdamnmoney.com. And you can always catch us on Instagram. Malcolm, what's your handle? Uh, at Malcolm on Money. And of course, mine at MYDM1, both on Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook, facebook.com backslash manage your damn money uh thanks to our partners and our crew here at montgomery community media another great show uh until next time be good with your money peace peace